If you got your Bibles this morning, uh, open up to the book of 1 John. It's towards the back of the Bible there. If you get to Revelations, you've gone a little too far. Back up a little bit. This morning we're going to be talking about a common thread, a common thread that all Christians have. And we're going to be starting here in, in the book of 1 John. And in 1 John 1, verting, um, uh, starting in verse 1, says, What was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, that life was revealed, and we have seen it, and we testify and declare to you the eternal life that was the Father and was revealed to us. What we have seen and heard, we also declare to you, so that you may have fellowship along with us, and indeed our fellowship is with the Father and His Son, Jesus Christ. This is one sentence here. This is a complex sentence. I'm no English major, so I'm going to assume that all the grammatic stuff in here is correct. But I'd like us to like actually reformat this sentence and kind of lay it out literally. And we have a slide up here to be able to do that to try to understand uh, what this verse is saying here better. So we have several clauses here. It ends up leading to a subject. And, and then he finishes off. So what was from the beginning? We're going to go through this a little bit. What was from the beginning? What John is talking about here, he's echoing uh, the gospel of John. What was uh, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was God, and the word, the word was with God, and the Word was God. So he's echoing that same sentiment here. What was from the beginning? Talking about Christ. What we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have observed and have touched with our hands. Uh, what we see here is that John is using the senses of our body, of our human body, to say, man, we have seen. He's trying to state this. He's giving testimony. He is giving firsthand account of what he has seen, what he has heard, and what he has touched. And he's trying to make sure that we understand that, that everything that he is saying is absolute truth. So he goes on to say, concerning the word of life, concerning the word of life, talking about Christ, the word there, that life was revealed, talking about Christ becoming Jesus, and we have seen it, and we testify and declare to you the eternal life, again, talking about Christ, Jesus, that was the Father and was revealed to us, what we have seen and heard. Now we're jumping right in here and getting right into it. But John here is stating for a fact that what he has seen here on earth is Christ that was with God has come down to be uh, Jesus here on earth. And that he was with him and that this is 100% true. At this time, John is battling against false prophets that were following Gnosticism. Gnosticism had, had many viewpoints that were completely contradictory to what the Bible has said, but one of them was saying that, Jesus, that Christ never became incarnate, meaning that Jesus was never 100% man and 100% God. Instead, what they were saying was it was an appearance of God, but that Christ really didn't, didn't come down to be 100% man. Uh, and so he's battling against them and talking to his readers saying, Look, I know what is being said. But I want you to know with, with unwavering certainty that I know because I have seen, I have been there, I have touched him, I have heard from him, I have seen the miracles that he has done, I've heard the teachings that he has taught, I've even laid my head upon him. Jesus was real. 
Jesus, 100% God, 100% man. He was real. So he goes through all this to make sure that this testimony that he is giving, he is backing up his claim because he gets to the end there. He says, what we have seen and what we have heard. When we go on, go on to the next uh, part of the verses, we also declare to you. He wants everybody to know. We are declaring this based on these things. We are declaring this so that you have fellowship along with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. And so at this uh, time of battling the Gnostics, uh, he was stating his claim. But I believe also he wanted everybody to know what he has experienced. Here is John. He is an apostle of Jesus, one of the original 12. I mean, how amazing, how much more testimony, how much more fact can you get than somebody who walked with Jesus through his ministry here than John? Jesus had his, had his 12, but even in his inner circle, he had his three, his three closest, one of those including John, one of those ones that was in his innermost circle. He saw the miracles that Jesus had done. He was with the Lord Jesus whenever he was in the garden. He was at the cross whenever that Jesus had died. And he was also with Jesus when he ascended into heaven. So John was there, and he's given this account. And he wants us all to know, he wanted his readers to know, man, this is the Son of God. I want you to know this. Man, what I have experienced, I want you to experience. And so I'm going to try to let you know what that is. I ask this morning, has there ever been a time in your life when you've experienced something so much you couldn't keep it to yourself? You know, one of those things that you experience in life and it's like, man, I, man I've got to share this with somebody. You, for me, I got to say, food. <laughs> Sometimes I experience something and I'm like, Lord Jesus. This could only be made by your hands. And I know now what I must do with it. I must share it to the nations. You know, sometimes we come across those things that just, that impacts us so much. And we're trying to give that to somebody. I'm like, you got to try this. And they're over there going, "Mm -mm. Mm -mm. no, you've got to try this. Open up. Take it. You've got to experience what I've experienced. My wife gets... Little me sometimes because she goes, you know, I don't like that stuff. I don't care. You need it. You're going to like what I like. You're going to enjoy this. This is going to be this is going to be life changing here. You want this. Trust me, you want this. And so it does. And unfortunately, it's not the same for her. But man, I'm so glad that she tried it. Just man, just take it. Just enjoy it. Just. Try it. Knew a gentleman who my, who my dad led to the Lord many, many years ago. This gentleman who was not walking uh, in the godly path. He was walking for the world. My dad shared Jesus with him. And the gentleman gave his life to Christ. He was so on fire for Christ. He had such an experience in that moment for Christ that he ended up turning around and sharing it with everybody he knew, including his family. 
None of his families knew who Jesus was, didn't want anything to do with it, living for the world. But this one brother became so infatuated with Jesus, was so blessed by Jesus, had such an experience with Jesus, ended up his brother got saved, his mama got saved, his friends got saved, his people around him got saved. Why? Because he was so experienced. He was telling them what he had heard, what he had seen, what he had felt, and he wanted others to know that as well. John here wants that for us. He wants us to know what he has experienced. He wants to back up his claim because he's like, I know it because I have experienced it. We also declare to you so that you may have fellowship um, along with us. And indeed, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. This is what John wants to share. He wants us to understand where it is that he's coming from what he experienced, so that we too can have fellowship with them and with God and the Son of God. He wants us to have fellowship with them. How great is that? How great is that to be that welcoming, to say, man, what I have, I want to give to you. Not just so you can just walk out with it, but so that we can enjoy this together. We can experience the same thing together so we can have fellowship with one another. Now, I know what some of you are thinking. Fellowship, I got to say, is kind of a churchy term. It really is. I mean, I've never been out in the workplace and somebody says, hey, you want to go out tonight and fellowship? It's not really something that gets said much outside of church. Now, there's another definition of fellowship, uh, usually in academia or in uh, short-term projects where you get to be uh, on, on that project to be able to work on something for a short amount of time. You get to, you get to be part of a fellowship there. But the term that I'm talking about is more of church, fellowship, getting together. Now, I say it's kind of a church term because any time, I'll be honest with you, any time that fellowship occurs in church, it comes with food. If we're going to have fellowship, we're going to have food. And Lord help you, if we have fellowship and you don't show up with food, that is ground for being ostracized from the church. Okay? If we're going to have fellowship, we're going to have food. Growing up, I remember in churches, in the church that I grew up with, and several churches I grew up with, I mean, when it came time for Fifth Sunday, and I don't know if some of you know what Fifth Sunday is, some months have a Fifth Sunday. Oh, those were special Sundays. And those were very special Sundays. Why? Because it was Fellowship Sunday. We're going to have potlucks, and we're going to get together, and we're going to fellowship. And where are we going to fellowship? We're going to fellowship in the fellowship hall. Why? So very church term there, fellowship, fellowship, fellowship. And that is part of fellowship. Don't get me wrong. Um, it is. But sometimes we only equate that with you know, doing fun things, uh, doing things together that involve food. Uh, we even have that here, and I'm, you know, I'm going to tell on us. I'm, I mean, we got life teams here, and we have fellowship night. Well, it seems like every night we get together for life teams is technically fellowship. It doesn't have to be one specific time that we do it. But we get together, and we fellowship. We get together because we share something in common. That word fellowship uh, <clears throat> Uh, that we have here, it comes from the original word of panornium, and what that means is to have something in common. John's saying that we want to have in common Jesus Christ. We want to have that 
in common with each other. We want to have that in common with us, and we want to be in common also with God the Father and God the Son. And so in this verse, we see two things that we need. First and foremost, we need fellowship with God. We need fellowship with God. Indeed, our fellowship is with the Father. John wants us to have fellowship with him. Like it's kind of two parts here. He wants us to have fellowship uh, with God because that's where fellowship actually starts. If we're talking about the Christian life and being able to fellowship or have things in common, first and foremost, it starts with Jesus Christ. We got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ to be able to have a relationship with the Father. And that's where, and that's where our fellowship begins. And so when it comes to that, uh, there's three points that I want to point out as far as having uh, um, a fellowship with God. Uh, three of those things. The first one that I want to talk about is belief in God's truth. Want to have beliefs in God's truth. If we're going to have fellowship with God, we've got to believe the God, in God's truth, those things that he believes in. In God's word, we find truths that are laid out all throughout the Old and New Testament Time and time again, some of those truths. Our beliefs need to begin to align with him as we get to know him. Some of those truths are God is trustworthy. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, it says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to him and he will make your path straight. Another one of God's truths, God reveals his glory through his people. You are the light of the world. A town built on the hill cannot be hidden. Matthew 5.14, meaning that we are different than the world. We should stand out. In a world of darkness, Jesus has entered us so that we can become the light. So God uses his people. We need to believe in that. Also, we need to believe that God is all-sufficient. 2 Peter 1.3 says, His divine power has given us everything we need for a godly life through our, own, through our knowledge of Him who called us by His own glory and goodness. God is able and willing to meet all our needs. No matter the circumstances that we are in, God is able to get us through. God will provide for us everything that we need no matter what we are walking through. It may not seem like it at the time, But if we truly believe in God, we can rest on knowing his scripture and his word and his promise says he will be with us. Also, the last one I want to talk about is God works through our weakness. God works through our weakness. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9, it says, My grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weakness, so that Christ's power may rest on me. God knows that there's going to be times when we are weak. There are going to be times when we cannot stand up on our own. God knows that there are times when we don't have enough. And that's okay. Because God is there to be in our weakness. To give us the strength. He already told us that he's all sufficient. So in our weakness, he is there to provide what we can't for ourselves. These are just some of the truths So as we are fellowshipping with God, we begin to learn these truths. And our truths begin to align with God's truth. So we can fellowship with him even more. The second point that I want to make about about fellowshipping with God is that we have to have cooperation with God. We have got to work with God. 
throughout our life here. Now, there is a sphere in which God works that we don't really have a place in it. It's just God. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun to how things work in the, in the universe and how things work together, we don't have any cooperation with, that, with, with God. God takes care of that, and praise God that he does, because if not, it would be a mess if I took care of it. But God takes care of those things that, that only he takes care of. But there is this other sphere that we are a part of that we get to work with God in. In that sphere, and we see it in 1 Corinthians 3, 9, for we are God's co-workers. So what is he talking about here? He's talking about the role of God's servants, of God's people. We are God's co-workers. God has a job for us to do, and we need to do that job. We need to work with him in doing that. Mark 16, 20 says, the Lord working with him. Uh, what's Mark saying? This is at the end of Mark. This is after Christ has already risen uh, from the grave. He is there at the point of transfiguration, and he is about to ascend in, in, into heaven, and he's just given like the great commission, and, he, and he's telling, he's given his disciples the, uh, the last uh, uh, few words of his ministry here on earth. And after he rises, it says, that, it says that the disciples went out and that the Lord was with them, working with them. Okay. Going out into the nation, spreading the good news of Jesus. He was working with him. 2 Corinthians 6, 6 once, again, it says working together with him. So time and time again, we see in the Bible, in the Word, of us working with God. So if we're going to have fellowship with him, we have to have beliefs in him. We, have to be, we also have to be able to work. And that work is not just, just telling people about Jesus. It's about living life together with others, helping others in time of need, you know, working with the giving to others, encouraging one another, lifting each other up, letting others encourage us, letting others, well, um, you know, meet our needs as well. These are the things that are in cooperate when we begin to be in cooperation with God, because these are the things that he wants us, he wants us to do. And the last point that I want to talk about as far as fellowship with God is that we need to spend time with God. We need to spend time with God. We need to have a moment <clears throat> in our lives on a regular basis where we spend time and we commune with God. The perfect example of this is Jesus himself. The perfect example is when Jesus spent time with God. There are moments in, in, the, in the Bible where even Jesus, being 100% man, got tired and he would withdraw from the crowd, and he would spend time alone with God. He would spend time praying with God. That one-on-one -on -one time, praying to the Father. Us too, we should spend that time. Another thing that Jesus did was, was he quoted Scripture. He quoted Scripture whenever that he would be put on, on trial or he would be tried to back up whenever people were trying to trip him up or Satan would come at him. How would he always respond with the word of God, with Scripture? We need to spend time knowing Scripture, memorizing Scripture, so that in those moments of time, whenever that the evil of this world's coming upon us, or we're not up to the task, we can keep those Scriptures in our mind on repeat over and over and over again to remind us of who God is, His promises to us. So that we can refute the evil that comes our way. 
We need to spend time with God. Now, the second point I want to talk about is fellowship. is fellowship with others. We need to have fellowship with God, which leads us to fellowship with others. If you got your Bibles, uh, turn to Acts chapter 2. We're going to be talking about the, the first church here, and, um, which is a great example of fellowshipping with one another. <clears throat> In Acts chapter 2, it's kind of the first church. Um, after Jesus said, the disciples had gone out, churches were beginning uh, to be formed, and this was a group of people uh, that had gotten together and, for the common goal of knowing Jesus and spreading the good news. So in Acts chapter 2, in verse 42, and we're going, to go be, we're going to go through 47. In verse 42, it says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to the prayers. Then fear came over everyone, and many wonders and signs were being performed through the apostles. Now all the believers were together and held all things in common. There is that common they sold their positions in possessions and property and distributed the proceeds to all as anyone had a need. Every day they devoted themselves to meeting together in a temple complex and broke bread from house to house. They ate their food with a joyful and humble attitude, praising God and having favor with all the people. And every day the Lord added to them those who were being saved. This is a great example of fellowshipping. You know, it even mentions food. So we're okay. We're, we have aligned with Scripture whenever that we get together and we have food because it is biblical. But there are so many things, and we could spend a very long time here on just these verses here. But there's a few things that I want to point out. that When we truly fellowship in the name of Jesus with each other, there are some things that we should be doing. Number one is we should be, uh, as they said, um, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. Right? We should be teaching. We should be doing that as well. We should be getting together and learning about God's Word. We do that here in the sanctuary. We do that in our life teams on Sunday mornings. We do that in our life teams that meet on Sunday nights and throughout the weeks. These are the things that we need to be doing. These are the things that we want every one of you to do as, as well. And that's me included. Meet together with others. We need to devote ourselves to the teaching because we can read the Word and we can understand it. And the Holy Spirit helps us understand it. But how much better it is to get together with like-minded people to read the Word, to try to understand the Word and what God is trying to say. How much more encouraging is it when we're with others in this aspect? We need to be doing this. We need to be getting together and learning about God's Word. We also have a time of prayer. A time of, it talks about the, the group here, that they spent time praying. Just as this morning, Pastor Mark opened us up with a time of prayer. For, there is some heaviness in this church. There, there are some people that are hurting here and around the world. I mean, we need to be praying for that. When we're fellowshipping one another, we're not just getting together to hang out and eat food. We're getting together to be able to learn about God's Word. We're getting together to be able to pray for one another. Okay, these are the things that we need to be doing. So when we get together, there, there's uh, three things that, that I want you to know that we do whenever that we fellowship and that we should be doing. And the first one is that we need to be encouraging one another. We need to encourage one another. We need to be lifting up. I don't know about you, but I do not have a good day every day. 
There are some days that I don't want to get out of bed. There are some days I just want to pull the covers over my head and say, Lord, let it be tomorrow. And the day hasn't even started. There are days when I don't want to walk into certain situations that I know I'm going to have to walk into. There are days when I don't want to do what I need to do. But praise God, there are brothers and sisters that are there to encourage me along the way. Man, sharing with them the troubles that I walk through, being able to have that. So we need to be encouraging to one another. Just as these people were here, what did we see them doing? Somebody had a need. They didn't just say, oh, well, call the local church and see what they can do for you. No, what they did was they, they set out. They're like, man, I have this. I can give it to you. Let me give it to you to meet your need. Let me sell what I have to be able to meet your need. They were in that group together. They were fellowshipping together. They were meeting each other's need. Why? Because they had the common bond of Jesus Christ. That is one of the biggest encouragements that we can have. When we're apart from the church, when we're apart from each other, we cannot have that encouragement. We can sit at home and we can sit alone and say we worship God on our own and we don't need the church. We don't need other other members. But you are missing out on one of the greatest blessings that Christ gave us when he came down and told us to live for one another, to love our neighbors as ourselves. Let us get together and love one another. Let us do that. Let us be encouraging to one another. The second one is to, it's to support one another. And the third one is to grow with one another. And I've kind of talked about all, all three of these already. But in these verses of Scripture here, this is what they are doing. It says in verse 4, All believers were together and held all things in common. When you get together with a group of like-minded people, man, your common changes, doesn't it? I mean, you start to like things that maybe some other people like. We end up, you know, aligning our beliefs, aligning things, trying new things, being there for one another, growing one another, supporting one another, having things in common. So we get through the last two points that are in your notes there. It says, what now? When we talk about fellowship and what John is saying here about fellowshipping with one another, uh, come fellowship with us, and indeed we fellowship with God the Father and God the Son. This sounds awfully familiar to when the Pharisees tried to trip up Jesus and said, what is the greatest commandment? What is the greatest commandment? That That you love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your mind, and all your soul, and that you love your neighbor as yourself. Two last points is love God and love people. That is what fellowship is all about. That is what builds relationships with each other. That is what allows us to be able to go through life, not on our own, but in the power of God and through the power of God, through the people that are around us. We build relationships with each other through fellowship. This past uh, week, had the honor of being able to go to a funeral of a dear friend. Uh, older friend. He was <clears throat> you know, almost 91 years old. He lived a long life. Uh, dear family friend. Uh, family's known him for uh, at least 30-plus years. 
kind of like a, a, a grandfather, him and his wife, kind of like grandparents and mine. If you look at my wedding pictures, whenever that is the picture of, of my family, uh, it's really surrounded by a bunch of people that, that aren't blood. It's surrounded by peach, people that have become family. Mr. John Harmon was part of that family, and him and his wife, Miss Reen, they are, they are part of that, of that picture there, part of that picture. You know, it, I tried to ask my mom the other day, and I even tried to think back, when was the first time that, that we met John and Reen? And we can't remember. It just seemed like they were always part of the family. I mean, it's just the way that it seemed. I don't know when. It just, they were just always there. And the way that that relationship got built, whenever that, that we got to the funeral, and we've seen them from, from time to time. We've, we've seen them. Um, but every time that we showed up, it's like visiting family. And that common bond, it wasn't just built just because we spent time together. It's because we had fellowship together. There were times whenever that we studied the Word of God together. There was a whole lot of time we ate together, too. There was a lot of times when we cried. There was a lot of times when support. A lot of calls, checking in, seeing how things are doing. A lot of times of just sitting back, just thinking of memories. One of the memories, like I got to say, Miss Reen, her husband, who's, her, his wife, who's still alive, uh, that, that she recounts. And, um, and she re- never knew that it was that big of an impact when it happened. But sometime around the age when I was like 17, um, I took my mom, Miss Reen, and another sweet old lady, Miss Vyatha, on a shopping trip. I was 17. I still question that, that, that motive there. I'm not exactly sure why that happened. But took them on a, on a shopping trip and shopped with them all day, went everywhere with them, took them to the big town of Tyler, Texas. Um, and, uh, and then it was close to being time, and they were still going strong, and I was worn out. Okay, and there was my mom, and these ladies were, you know, 20 years older than my mom, and, man, they, they were running me into the ground. I was 17, and I was done. So at 4.30, I had the keys of the car, and I told the ladies, this bus is going home at 5 o'clock. You can either be on it, or you can stay here. And she recounts this story every time that I see her. And I sit there as if it's the first time that I heard that story, over and over. And every time she recounts it, man, it's, it's as if I'm back at it again, sitting there in that car. Y'all ready? Y'all buckled up? All right, let's go home. I say that because there is a fellowship. And yeah, it was a good time. And yeah, you can have friends with that. But that bond between uh, my mom and parents that, uh, and, and them that, that I got to see, that bond didn't just happen out of nowhere. That bond happened because of Jesus Christ. Those ladies... Miss Reen and Miss Father are two of the sweetest ladies I've ever known in my life. They were the biggest supporters and encouragers that, and that every time I saw them, that they were for me. Always had a smile on their face. And man, they would pray. Man, they could pray. When they got done praying over you,
nothing like it. And I always look back to that because I was really just a kid and I saw the effect of that, that it had on my family, my parents, and the effect that it had on me. That is true fellowship because there were times when times weren't easy where we were in need and they would do whatever they could, give you the shirt off their back, show up with a tractor to help fix whatever was broken, come over and spend time, take you out, do whatever. And this, this is true fellowship. Because true fellowship, it doesn't exist when it's only convenient. It also exists when it's inconvenient. I want y'all to leave here today encouraged. Fellowship with one another. Find the people. No, we can't be best friends with every single person because there isn't enough time in this world to be able to do that. But find your people. Join up with one of our life teams. Take a step. I mean, when it comes to fellowship, sometimes we're the people that have to take the first step to enjoy that. Sometimes we have to be the ones to take that, that first uncomfortable step to try to join a group, to be a part of that. But right now, I'm going to tell you that there is a group of people that are swarming over the ones that are hurting in our church right now because of fellowship. Because of what God has done for them, they want to do for others. And it is amazing to see, and it is a blessing to see. And I love to see that. And I want that for each and every one here. Now, to really have that fellowship, there's one thing you got to do first. And that's you got to know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior. Before we can have fellowship with God and with others in the name of Jesus, we have got to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I want you to know that Jesus Christ, Christ himself came down from heaven and he came on this earth and he lived 100% man and 100% God in his time here. And he, he told truth, he spoke truth, he did miracles. He touched people. Man, he... he was the embodiment of of God, and he lived a sinless life here on earth. And then he died on the cross. Why did he do that? Because there needed to be a way to be able to have a relationship with God. Jesus said that there is, that he is the vine, he the branches, that no one comes to the Father except through him. So we know that we we need to know who Jesus is to be able to have a relationship with God. And after Christ had died, three days later, he rose from the grave, defeated, defeated death, hell, and the grave so that we can have a relationship with God. So I want you to know that. Now, I want everybody in here to be excited about having fellowship. And what did John say about fellowship, about having fellowship at the very end? So that our joy may be complete. Our joy may be complete. He didn't always say we'd be happy. But he said that our joy would be complete. This morning, we're going to have a time of invitation. We're going to have some prayer partners up here. The altar is up here. If you want to take time to come up here and, and kneel and, and pray, just as we did at the first start of the service, then I just say, man, you just come up here and just take that spot. Just kneel. Just pray. The worship team is going to come this morning. If you don't know who Jesus is, I would love to share who Jesus is. I would love to share.
how Jesus has blessed me and how he can bless you. As the worship team plays this morning, just think about God's truth. Think about how he's blessed you, how he's blessed others. Give thanks to God. And those concerns and those and, and those things that you are having this morning, those, those problems, those griefs, man, ask God for help in dealing with those. And also, if you know of somebody that is hurting here in this, in this sanctuary just this morning, man, what, what greater privilege it is to be able to grab them and pray over them. Pray over, if they want to come, pray over them wherever that they are. Bring them down here and pray up front wherever it is. It is a privilege to pray in Jesus' name pray for that this morning. So as we all stand this morning, as the worship team plays, what is on your heart and what God has asked you to do this morning through this word, you do that this morning.